The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everyone, it's John Burke. You know how much I love movies. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you love movies too. And what we do here at Burke Reviews costs a little bit of money. It doesn't cost a fortune or anything, but none of us are rich. And that's where you come in. You can support BurkeReviews.com by either subscribing to our Patreon, where you can give a set amount to us monthly, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. And we're not asking you to just give us your money. You get perks for uh, signing up on our Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash Reviews and see exactly what those perks are. You can go to BurkeReviews.com and click on the Patreon link and it'll take you right there. Um, but if you're not willing to commit to a monthly donation, which we totally understand... There's an option to just donate one time. Uh, if you go to BurkeReviews.com, on the right side of the page, you're going to see a donate button. And through PayPal, you can donate us any amount of money you wish um, for doing that. We will read your name on our uh, the next episode of the podcast, whether it's Burke Reviews Movie Club or Top 5 Movies after the donation is made. Um, with uh, our truthful, heartfelt thanks. Um, not to mention that one of the, the perks of being a subscriber is you get... Um, your name on our website as a uh, supporter of BurkeReviews.com. Um, it's hard to believe it's already been two in, two years and we're into year three already. Um, you know, we love what we do and we hope you love it too. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the support. And back to this podcast. Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Movies. Top five. Top five. Movies. Top five. 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 Movies. Top five. Movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. It's me, John Burke. With me this week is Craig Seibert. How's it going, Craig? Good, how about you? Very well. Craig is uh, on our episode this week, not as the guest being interviewed, but as the co-interviewer. Um, our guest, though, is Michelle Miller. How are you doing, Michelle? Uh, I'm doing really well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. So... Um, Michelle, you are an actress, right? I am. I am an actress. Yes. And uh, I thought we'd start with a little kind of history. I, I went, I went digging on IMDb and stuff to kind of get to know you a little better before I started asking you a bunch of questions. So, um, <laughs> it, it looks like you started really young with acting. I, I did. Yeah, I started um, in elementary school. And what uh, what made you catch the acting bug back then? Oh, you know, I was really lucky. I had a theater teacher in elementary school, which is kind of odd, I think. We had a whole theater class, and I just, mm. I loved every minute of it, and my my acting teacher encouraged me to get into, like, the drama club and to be in choir, and I, I just very early on was like, I love performing. There was, like, a mini stage in her class, and I was like, this is great. And then one day, I think I was probably about six or seven, um, I thought to myself, you know, I I think some I think it like a hit me like oh I can um I can do this for a career like this is something people do like at a very early yeah, age wow. I remember the exact moment 
And uh, I thought, oh, I, I can do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm supposed to win an Oscar, which is, like, hysterical. <laughs> but that was my six, six-year-old, seven-year-old self, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. That's really nice to be in a school that supports that. It's really hard to find schools like that that will support arts of any kind at this point. I yeah. know. I was really lucky. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be at one of those schools um, here in Florida where you know I, I teach high school film, and oh. it's a regular thing where like Great. people go, "What do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I teach film." They're like, "You teach film where?" I'm like, "At a high school." They're like, "High schools have film?" I'm like, "Mine does," and I'm really lucky that it's there. So you know, I'm. I'm content and happy with my my luck and hoping to to you know guide my students to those types of uh, revelations that this is something i'm passionate about and i can do it for a career so so john you actually That's have a day amazing. job i thought you were just a podcaster i yeah I, <laughs> I don't sleep apparently so that helps but um so so are you telling me that podcasting doesn't make enough money to pay the bills is that what you're saying not yet but maybe one day not yet <laughs> but it's nice but, that you you know it's the same sort of vein like your love of film translates in in throughout your day you're always doing what something you love correct and that's that's been the uh the biggest um transformation for me and you you do the same right you focus uh primarily on acting yeah primarily i mean i do other things as well but primarily yeah that's my main focus um and so you do from what i've seen you do theater and film acting correct you know, um, growing up, I did theater all until college. And I did a couple things here and there that were on camera beforehand. But then mm-hmm. at some point in college, I think, uh, I don't know what flipped, but I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I never saw myself on Broadway. Not to say I wouldn't do Broadway, but yeah. that's not like if you ever, you know, daydream about what you want to do one day. Mm-hmm. It was never um, being on stage. It was always like, oh, Oh, in the future, I'll be on camera. And I was like, well, if I'm going to graduate college soon, I really should figure out what this on camera thing is. And, and <laughs> especially that's what my, it was like so bizarre. While all of a sudden I was like, yeah, oh, right. I want to do TV and film. So um, I, although I go out for theater here and there, I really haven't done theater in a while. Got it. So, because so, my follow up uh, question. from like acting classes. Yeah. yeah. My follow up question would have been. Which do you prefer? But I think you've, you've answered that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Clearly prefer yeah, film. Totally. And I definitely want to do theater one day, but that's just not my focus right now. I just, I want to get better and, and, you know, just expand in TV and film. And that's where I always saw myself. But I do want to do theater one day. And I think there's a home in theater. Like anytime I do some sort of theater related thing or even an audition, I'm like, oh, it feels like a safe place. I was like, oh, this is, this is no different. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like, like I it's... grew up doing this feeling, but it's mm-hmm. just not. Like... Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I apologize. Saying... <laughs> oh yeah, I, no, no, no. It, it just seems like technology, with technology moving forward so much, with um, doing digital film and and audio voiceovers and stuff like that, that it seems like stage and 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 video are moving even further and further apart. Like the what you do in both of those tends to be completely different nowadays, as you know. Compared to before, where it was, eh, if you did a little bit of stage, you could probably transfer that over. But it, it's pretty different world now. Over oh, sure, and it's it's a different um, it's a different ball game in terms of an actor to learn. Like they're two different mediums, and so although there are some people who can seamlessly go from one to the other without you know having to be trained in in you know the second medium, it's most actors I know really have to focus and figure out the differences because it, uh, it really is like, although inherently it's the same to act, 
it's uh, it's totally different things to focus on and be aware of when you're on stage than when you're on camera. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, there's totally. some like Patrick Stewart maybe can swing it, but yeah, I would imagine it's <laughs> right. Uh, dramatically different um just the obviously with the camera you're in close a lot more you know they're focused on your facial features where in a, a theater house you're playing to the room and so exactly that's one major difference i would say another major difference that i really grew to learn was the difference between when you do theater you have way more time to sink into a character and mm-hmm. so you know yeah you do the same sort of let's say you do you know eight shows a week you try to make every performance as, as new and fresh as possible, but you have more time overall, it, it, whether in a rehearsal process or in actually putting it up on your feet, of sinking into the character, figuring out what you know, what works, what doesn't work. You have more risk in terms of like, okay, I'm going to try this. Oh, that failed completely. Oh, let me go extreme with this note. Uh, maybe I'll take some of that for my next one and try something new here. And then you develop all these layers to your character. And then for TV and film, I mean, I mean, it's just ridiculous. You you come in for an audition. You have to be you have to you have to show up to the audition as if the camera was right there and you were shooting that day. It has to be 100 percent the, you know, as much as you can, the the performance you would give if you were to go to set that day. Mm. And so when you get to set, yeah, there might be some things that might change. But overall, the preparedness or the preparation has has to be exact so there really isn't room to you know delve into a character to try new things you kind of have to do that on your own and show up the day of yeah wow so big differences and so and you like the second more um yeah you know it challenges me more i mean there's challenges to both but i haven't you know even if i've done film and tv stuff for the last few years i've spent you know, my whole life pretty much more doing theater. So I'm used, I, I, I you know, can sit well with that. And it's not yeah. as, I don't know, TV and film, man, just, I just uh, relate to it a bit. I don't know. Um, can I ask, this, this is a semantics question, but I am a film person first. Like, I like TV, but I definitely, like, I prefer movies. Do you have a preference of, yeah. of TV over movie or movie over TV? Oh, to watch or to be in? Ooh, maybe oh, both. my God. Maybe Good both. Good question. <laughs> okay, let's think about this. Um, so more and more TV is being known for, like, having better writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's more people can do with TV, especially since there's just so many places to put on TV. I mean, like, if, if film had as many opportunities to you know, be in, in movie theaters and have as much uh, as many outlets as TV now yeah. has with us. You know, internet and whatever, um, there'd be, you know, just more writing, better writing. So, more and more TV is coming out with better writing. So, in some sense, it's more exciting to be on TV. Overall, I think, in terms of what I'd like for my career, I'd like to do TV for a while. I'd like to do both. I mean, obviously, I'm open mm-hmm. to everything. Yeah. I see myself in the long run doing film. That's what I see. That's what I see. That's what I want to do. I want to be, you know, diving into a character, really being in it for however many months and, and having that, that experience mm-hmm. as opposed to TV is, is just it comes with a different thing. But I'd like to do both. And there's something really great about TV in terms of watching. Oh, man, there's <laughs> such different experiences. They you know, are. when you sit and you binge watch a show, there's something <laughs> a little like amazing about it. And there's something guilt ridden about it. Like, yeah. oh, I can't put this down. I can't can't stop and then when you go see a film you're just like oh this is this two and a half hours of just you know approximately of just like being in that experience mm-hmm. of seeing something on the 
screen or even just seeing a film in its entirety at home, I think there's just something amazing about that experience as well. So that would be I would be conflicted in choosing one over the other. Agreed. I, I like both, mind you. Like I'm not like an anti T V but I do Yeah. I like the, the uh <laughs> the single serving size of a film. You know, like I can watch it two hours and then I can move on to the next one and experience a bunch of different perspectives where TV sometimes feels like a long-term relationship. Um, and I have one of those with my wife and I'm very happy with that one. But sometimes <laughs> the TV shows like, I'm just like, Oh, like walking dead. I was a big fan of for a while and now it's just, it's right. just too long. I'm just done with it. Um, not to say that, that it's bad or anything. I'm just completely fair. But... It's hard to sustain something. It's it's hard to watch something and be like, Oh, that that's amazing. in it's entirety, you know, yeah. it's, Opposed to being like, well, that wasn't great. That's it. Something that's nice it. about a film that it be edited into this one concise thing, yeah. and you can judge it in its entirety, as opposed to a TV show. Especially because there's so many films out there, and so many I still need to watch, um, even to have oh, yeah. like a grasp on the greats. Not counting all the things they keep bringing out every mo- every week, and I'm trying to keep up with all of those. You know, and it, it's it's a fun chore, but it's a chore because there's just so many. Right. Sure. Craig, what are your thoughts? Are you a TV or movie? Yeah. You, you know, that's interesting because I just had a conversation with a friend of mine tonight about Arrested Development. And we, we watched, we, we talked about the whole series and we they had that last season that was just Netflix only. And mm-hmm. it was so different in comparison to the, to the original couple um, seasons. And I, I think that's what kind of got me hooked on starting to watch shows like that was that show. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. From then I springboarded into, you know, a, the Walking Dead, I got into it as well. Um, I recently finished um, Mr. Robot, which was an amazing series. Um, so I, honestly, I'm I'm starting to sway that that direction more. I'm starting with the better writing that has come out of a lot of these Netflix originals, uh, HBO series. Is I've kind of steered towards that, and I I still love the classics, but I'm I'm starting to convert over to that that short yeah. clip story. Where you're getting like an eight-hour movie, but you watch it in 20-minute clips. And there's so many different, you know, you know, formats now. Like they have the, you know, limited series, and you're like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? But you know, it's like, or like they'll have longer episodes. And and also, I mean, we watch more and more British television, and yeah. they yep. they end their shows faster than we do. You know, yes. they'll put up The Office, and they'll take it down, and then we'll put it up for like 10 more years. You know, it's just it, it consists. Or like uh, Sherlock on, um, yeah, you know, Sherlock, it's... they'll have much longer episodes, but they're standalone. And so people look for it and they wait for it. Um, and that, that's yeah, kind of the way I feel about this. The Black Mirror series was, was mm. fantastic. Just one of the best series I've seen in a very long time. Um, and I also just finished the the Philip K. Dick uh, Electric Dream series as well. Mm. And like you said, it's, it's, you know, I can sit and watch a, a partial movie, a 45 minute to an hour movie. And enjoy it and love it. Great characters, great story, great progressions. And I don't have to spend the, you know, eight or nine hours doing it so I can get a little clip here and there. So, it, yeah, it's different, different, different genres, different types, different, you know, spots, sizes, everything. Yep. I, I know. I, I guess I'm afraid of film, like with theater going being less, I'm, I'm afraid of it just vanishing completely and <laughs> it becoming nothing but TV, which... I'm fine with having both. I'm afraid of only having one or the other. Right. So. <laughs> I'm not too afraid only because like even theater for a long time, people were like, oh, my God, it's dying. No one's going. People are going out now to see theater. I That's, mean, it's, oh yeah. especially musicals, especially yep. Broadway. I mean, but there's 
you know, people are still going to see theater and, you know, show, I think this past year I read something that like, it's the, oh God, I'm going to butcher the statistic, but it just like, it's <laughs> the most amount of shows that have stayed running for like many years. So like most shows aren't closing these days. Like they're, they're having yeah. longer runs. That's, you know, that and was... so that means people are going to see them. Yeah, that's that was what the best refresh, most refreshing argument I've heard for the salvation of film was the theater argument because that is a really good point. Because I mean, yeah. you look at like Hamilton and how much people are dropping to go see that show. Exactly. And, yes. I'm seeing it for a second time next month. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, that, that must be a big advantage of being in New York. You get access to all of that. Oh, yeah. you get access to, but Hamilton's still something that like I don't even know how people get tickets. I don't even know how I can get tickets. It's like so insane. Um, but it, but it, it's amazing that it's so hard to get, that people are still coming in droves and paying lots of money for, for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, but same with, the same with movies. Like it is, it is more of a dying thing, but I think things are going to come up. Like, I don't know if you guys do movie pass or heard of it. I've had it for two <laughs> years. I just started it. <laughs> And it, you know, theaters are becoming more and more, you know, filled. And yeah, and yeah you know, and I do believe I think Movie Pass pays the theater for the full, full price of the ticket. Yeah. So in that way, I mean, I think there's going to be more and more things like that that save the movie industry more and more. I, I have to see this. I have to say that only because, like, I mean, the amount of pirated movies makes yeah. everything go down. But it does. I do feel like it's still going to keep going, and I feel like most um, actors I know keep and I and I been a part of them luckily you know that they'll put it's more and more um it's easier for people to put together shorter films because mm. you know the quality of the iphone um it makes it much easier for people to either rent a camera or shoot it on your iphone and so yeah well, more I mean, and more filmmakers are coming from this yeah, generation a great example was sean baker doing tangerine uh in 2015 where he filmed yeah. all of it on the yeah. iphone 5s um Just insane yeah especially I mean, since now the quality of our phones now <laughs> yeah and that, that that was an iphone 5s now we're up to the you know the nine or eight well i don't even know ten eight and ten the x yeah oh um, sorry the nine. x you're correct it's the x not the ten i apologize <laughs> semantics yeah i know it's the it's the ten um but I mean, Sean Baker did something pretty. I mean, other people had been making movies on iPhones, but he'd made a feature and then gets recognition. Exactly. And, um, and that guy is a crazy, awesome filmmaker. I don't know if you got to see Florida Project, but one of my favorite movies from last year. I did. I have. I mean, it was amazing. It, you know, I have uh, uh, thoughts about the Florida Project. I, what I say about that movie is. I didn't love it the whole time. I almost the entire time I was watching it. I, you know, I very much like, what is this movie? You know, the first few minutes you're just following these kids run around. I'm mm -hmm. like, it, I don't know what I'm watching. Like they're just, they're just being, there's no plot. It's just, yep. it's just, just a, a look into their world. And then like maybe 15 minutes before the movie ended, I actually had to stop watching it because, um, I'm part of SAG. So I get all these, screeners for free so I got it as a form of a screener and I was watching with my grandparents and I had to go and I was like okay it's fine I'm not attached to this movie but the movie stuck with me mm. I was really just like it was in it like I you know the next day was thinking about this the girl and I was thinking about the best friend and the mom and uh, William Defoe's character and I just uh. and I had to go back and watch the end and I was like okay this this is what the movies are this is what movies are you know yes. the best about movies or when they stick with you yeah i i live like 40 minutes away from where most of it was filmed so like i'm like seeing things that i've walked oh. by and driven by and i'm just like oh my god like 
this is crazy. And so that I definitely immediately was connected to that. But um, yeah, the, the second time I watched it, I was just even I loved it the first time. Second time was emotionally moved to the point where like I, I watched it with my wife the second time and went to start to, yeah. to speak about the ending. And then I just like I had to stop because it was like verge of too many tears were about to start flowing. I was like, hold on. Yeah. But yeah, um, b- big time. Oh uh, my god, that moment where she Brooklyn Prince just oh. you know. John, did you give the spoiler alert? I did, no. but technically, <laughs> it wasn't a full spoiler because she just said that moment. But uh, possible spoiler for no, Florida no, Project. it's just a moment. She just had <laughs> yeah. a really great acting moment. She does. We didn't say what happened. Correct, <laughs> exactly. And if if it's that. Definitely- doesn't give anything away i'm telling you it really the movie is like in and of its own you know it really doesn't give anything away she just has a really great moment at the end yes she does just great moments in the beginning too um amazing little actress yeah. uh can't wait to see what what you know her future will hold i got I know i on a little thing i follow her on instagram me too oh my god she's so cute yeah she's such a little adult yeah, her mom runs her her social media, and she is very very nice. I posted my review. Um, I got to see it at a A twenty four screening back in the summer, and her mom was like super like re- retweeting, just like oh thank you so much. I'm like uh, thank well, you because this was amazing. So, <laughs> um, that was smart for her mom to be like on top of social media for her kid. Yeah, like, and she's she does it really really well, and they're they're fun on like the different pictures okay. she's had with the A twenty fours like hanging out with Robert Pattinson, and just it's been. It's been fun watching her little like time with this movie. Um, yeah. So hey, John. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, I I want to ask the who is Michelle question, the easy one. You get the hard one, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle, where are you from? I am born, raised in New York City. Oh wow! Fantastic. Yeah. I am particular area. Of New Yorker. Um, mostly along the east side of Manhattan. Okay. So I moved around a couple times just because it's what you do sometimes here, yeah. and you know. But most, mostly in the same area, in the same like forty block region. You know, my my family is from Long Island, um, but I have never been to New York. Uh-huh. Um, I'm actually getting to go in April <gasps> to Tribeca. To come, it's unlike any. Look, yeah. I I got to agree with her. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I got to agree festival. with her. Yeah, I got to agree with her, John. You have to at least visit. Oh, uh, Tribeca Film Festival, April 19th. <laughs> I will be in New York City. I'm excited. Very exciting. Uh, okay, so, John, I'll throw it to you, the, the, the weird one. You can go have that one. All right. Well, Michelle, I went on your website, and I was looking at your resume. Okay. And I need to know what a professional oyster chef is. Oh, okay, great. Um. So one of my side jobs, I don't do it quite as much anymore unless it's like a really amazing event, but I love it. Uh, I, I work for a company called Oysters XO, and uh, I was trained to shuck oysters. So I, what I do is I walk around on fans, usually like, you know, festivals or, you know, just charity events, and um, I shuck oysters for people. And so we have these like le- white leather aprons and we have belts uh-huh. and you know we we have these little buckets on our belts and oh, there's man. oyster bucket there's a condiment bucket and you know napkin bucket and i sh- i shuck oysters like fresh for people oh. while and conversing have, with them you have like the metal glove and everything exactly i have a chain mail glove yeah it's amazing it's actually one of my favorite yeah it's just it's so great and it's funny because i don't even eat very many oysters i occasionally <laughs> will have one but i grow up having them 
Um, but the joy of giving someone an oyster and having that conversation, we're like, what would you like on it? And some people never have never tried an oyster. So giving them their first one being like, I trust me, 90% you're going to like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so fun. You know, I've never done an, a raw oyster. I have had like oysters. Well, maybe those are clam strips. I think I've had cooked oyster, but I've not had a raw oyster. I can't get past the look of the texture. Yeah. Like, close your eyes. I, uh, that, I understand that completely. I, I was told um, what to I close tell your eyes people, the first time. Okay. Yeah, what I tell people is, first of all, it depends on the type of oyster you have at the beginning. Um, we like to shuck um, oysters from the East Coast because they're a little they're a little more subtle. Their Beausoleil oysters are my favorite, and so they're like not as like overpowering. Like West Coast oysters taste more more of like the ocean and east coast mm. are a little bit sprinier but east coast oysters like if you just if you pair it with the right thing right if you're a cocktail sauce fan or i i like lemon juice and fresh black pepper because it's simple and it tastes good mm. and maybe for the first time it's not that not to look at it but maybe not to chew it so uh, i would tell uh, people yeah. just to swallow it so you're getting the taste of it first and then the second time around, you can chew it because by then you're like, oh, like, this tastes good. So, you know, it's okay. not as, oh, it's as intimidating. So the first time, do it like a shot. That's what I recommend. Just swallow <laughs> the first time. Don't chew it. Got it. So oyster yeah, shot. Yeah, like a shot. Exactly. <laughs> and in fact, sometimes we've done that. We'll sometimes take like vodka or tequila and fill the, usually vodka, fill the empty shell. Like once you take the, the oyster, fill uh-huh. the empty shell with like some sort of alcohol. And then you drink that out of the shell. So it's a little bit of like a salty. Huh. Hey. John, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about her top five anymore. I just want to know about oysters. At this okay, point. Well, welcome to the oyster <laughs> podcast. Uh. I'm just kidding. No, seriously, no. That's just an interesting. I, of all the things I've experienced, I've seen, I've seen that once. I've seen somebody walking around with the glove on and and had no idea what it was. And there's I'm like, probably yes. There's not many people who do it. I feel like I've, 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 well, I've well, I, 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 I'm in the D.C. area, in the Washington D.C. area. We have D.C. We have. Uh, um, girls in the DC area. Probably yeah, so us. probably, yeah. Yeah. That's do awesome. they wear like? Do you, do you think of them? Do they wear like white leather aprons with like all these buckets? I all I remember is the glove. Thinking, why are they walking around with a glove on? It's, but now I know. <laughs> probably us, because it's a specific uniform, and so yeah, our chainmail wow. glove. Yeah, I, I was, thought it was us. I was gonna ask because like I've heard chucking yeah. oysters is kind of dangerous because it isn't an easy act. So like the glove makes perfect sense to me like to, to protect your hands so you guys yeah. aren't have... exactly if you, and, and people who have stuck who have seen me with it they'll be like oh that's what that's the missing piece i needed and they'll always they'll always have stories of like i've um, had this many cuts on my hand trying to shuck oysters had no idea all i needed was like a chain mail glove <laughs> yeah. go back yeah. to the middle ages and get some chain mail <laughs> Um, bef- exactly, and I'll get a lot of different jokes about it. Like, is that your Game of glove, or is that your Michael Jackson glove? And, <laughs> you know. How did you end yeah. up into that? Like, were you into culinary oh. stuff beforehand, or? No, not at all. I have no experience with culinary stuff uh, outside of oysters, specifically. Um, huh. I was doing a lot of promotional modeling, and one girl I was like giving her like, like free Jack Daniel drinks. And she just turned to me and really just sort of drunk, just went, you'd be great at what I do. And I'm like, oh, what is it? Shucking oysters? And I was like, who is this girl? Who is this drunk girl? 
that like oyster shucking is a thing. And she was like, no, I'm telling you, it's so much fun. It pays well. The events are so great. You'd be so good. And for some reason, even though she was like five drinks in, I went, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And uh, I met the owner next, like a couple days later at a, like a public venue. Cause I was like, what am I getting myself into? And, uh, and I was like, great. This sounds kind of crazy and interesting. And, and I never had, I think I had one oyster in my life prior to that. And I oh, hated man. it. So I was like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but now I, I like oysters and now I, I'm a professional oyster chef. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. See, I'm yeah. glad I went digging on the resume. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Pays to stock. Uh, well, you know, prepare is how a reporter says it, right? <laughs> research and you're prepared um so before we get into yeah. uh, i sent you a list of questions that we do like getting to know you movie questions um but i have one more i want to ask before we get into any of those and that is simply do you have a dream role for yourself like a gig that you would love to do maybe like i mean comic book movies are huge right now so is there a character you would really want to play or um you know a book you want to adapt oh, that is so good um Okay, let's think. I really, ideally, if I could think of any sort of not real character yet, but my dream roles always have, this is true, always have either something to do with mental illness hmm. or going crazy or going evil in some way. So anytime I see those type of characters, I'm drawn to it. Anytime I do it, I feel like it's the most natural fit ever. It makes no sense. But from a very early age, oh, if you get me to go somewhat either crazy or like just super anxious or what, it's just the most amazing rush. And so I would definitely want to do anything like that. And then conversely, and so this actually happens with actors. I don't know if you've asked this question of other people and gotten something similar, but normally both sides of the coin are like appealing to people. So mm -hmm. although I do like playing crazy and I do like playing people with like serious mental illnesses and stuff, which I think are two different things, mind you. And mm -hmm. then as well as the opposite, which is I love playing strong characters who are just like badass women so uh, <laughs> ideally i'd want to play i'd want to play like a wonder woman kind of character who oh. like or an x-men kind of character just like something that has a lot of power has a lot of strength and can balance maybe both sides so definitely drawn to characters that are like maybe very professional intelligent and have like you know seemingly everything together but then are also struggling with something just about them that's kind of crazy it sounds like you need to be yeah. cast in New Mutants or Legion on FX because I think that's yeah, Legion. I feel like, yeah, I've, I saw, I've seen stuff about New Mutants. I yeah. haven't seen stuff about Legion. But yes. Yeah, both X-Men properties, but both nice. deal with a more, like, you know, that type of, like, I think in Legion, the character's in an insane asylum, and then New Mutants, there you go. they're getting their powers, and they don't that's quite understand amazing. what's happening to them, so, like... There's a lot of dealing with the the oh. mental trauma of hey I have wings all of a sudden or I can kill people with my thoughts so um, that, that's um, I yeah I'm getting excited just thinking about it yeah it sounds amazing <laughs> um all right so I think next up uh, we start looking at your movie past before we get into your top five um what's yeah. the first film that you remember watching. Mm. It was a tie between Princess Bride and Grease. Oh. 
I saw both many times growing up, so I couldn't remember which one was the first. I am a huge fan of Princess Bride, and my wife loves Grease. I not so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I watch Grease now, there's a sense of nostalgia where I'm like, I don't know what I can connect. I don't know what exactly connected me to that at such a young age. So really, when I see it now, I'm not like, oh, this is one of my favorite movies. Mm. But there's something about it when I was younger that I was. I just fully connected to it. It made no, maybe it was the music. Maybe it was just the very simplistic plot line. Um, <laughs> but there's just something really entertaining about that, like age old, you know, mm-hmm. plot line of like girl meets guy guy meets his friends and is kind of a dick to the girl. <laughs> the girl kind of feels pressure to change. And then the guy kind of feels pressure to change and then they end up together. Very, uh, I I can't relate to it as much anymore, but there's just this love for that. Um, oh, yeah. I used to watch it all the time. Oh yeah, no judgment, of course, because like you know, I have uh, I I have uh, a history of backing Hudson Hawk, which is a notoriously bad film that has a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. But as a kid, I loved it, so I still <laughs> still claim it and still rep it now. Not my favorite movie, mind you, yeah. but I, I keep getting people to watch it. So, but definitely hold the place. Yeah. Yeah. So I t- I totally understand. Um, with that, uh, is there a movie character that you would most like to be? Not necessarily act in, but like be. Mm, be in life. Probably just go right ahead and say Wonder Woman because she's so bad- badass and I saw it for a second time a few days ago. Mm. Um, yeah, I never really think about what movie character I'd like to be very often. Only because, A, I always think, I, I can separate it in my head where I'm like, Oh, that, like, I'd love to play her. Um, As opposed to right now where I'm like, well, like, I guess I separate it. Like, that's fictional. That's, like, people put that story together, and I have my own life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I never think, like, like, oh, I'd like to be her as much as, like, oh, my God, would I love to play her, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I I kind of didn't think that question through with an actress you're the first actress i've got to ask that question to yeah. and so i wasn't it, it's definitely different um you're coming at that idea completely differently than like how i would say a viewer would come at the idea of like oh i i aspire to be the person on the screen never thinking that i could okay. actually be yeah, that makes sense. yeah like, I, I could never i i am not an actor um i that was a limitation that i realized very early that i am <laughs> so much of an introvert it was not a possibility to put myself in front of a camera or on stage in front of an audience even though craig will vouch for this <laughs> i have played many shows i we're both musicians or at least uh i oh, was a musician okay. back in the old days when i was a little bit younger um but so i've played many shows and i teach for a living so i'm in front of students all the time oh for sure but my natural state is introvert. So like even, even the podcast, it's the two hours before I call you to say, Hey, Michelle, how's it going? Is me going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing that you're doing it then. Cause, uh, you know, you could never, you, I would never guess that someone who does all of that and has to yeah. present all the time and consistently, you know, talk to people yeah. is, uh, introverted at heart. Nope. I, I have a weird neurotic streak, so it works out. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so with that, um, we you said Grease and Princess Bride were two movies that you saw a lot. Were those the movies that you've seen the most? Um, you know, see, see I remember so the most in general. Oh, 
Um, no, I would say Greece might be one of them. Like, I feel like I know not just like every song and, and most lines, but like mm. the way that the characters do. Like, if I ever saw Greece, like every once in a while, I'll see Greece again. I'll be like, oh my god, the amount that just is is coming out of me now. Like, I can't believe. It. But <laughs> I would say the movie that I've seen the most is a toss up between any of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, and Legally Blonde. Legally oh, yeah. Blonde is on I my think gap I could list. Do- I still need to watch it's that. On your what? My gap list. I haven't seen oh it. Oh my god! I can go on. And on about it. <laughs> oh, I could go. I could tell. I mean, it's on my. It's on my top five. I'll give you a little Ooh. heads up. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Legally Blonde. I will. I will. I will save most of it for later. Actually, okay. but um, I definitely have seen it the most. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife. Say, uh, yeah, it's just an easy thing if you just just on TV. Well, my wife loves Sweet Home Alabama, another Reese Witherspoon vehicle, um, and yeah. that's like I think I have seen that movie almost as many times as the movies that I actually really like because my wife loves it so much. It, if it's on, we're watching it, you know. So, oh, um, um, what yeah, about you know? It's funny because uh, oh, go on. Oh no, please. I was going to say, as an actor, I um, we have to think about. T- typing a lot like what characters could we play what characters would we be seen as and um one typing exercise i did in college that always stuck with me and i tell people about is this idea of like what characteristics can you sell so like if someone looks at you like whether i want to play sweet and kind and whatever there's a certain way it'll come out that might Mm. not be the same way as someone like reese witherspoon reese witherspoon will come out and she will give you like country and love and romance and she can do other things i mean she she's oh, getting yeah. now more into her own so that she's able to play additional parts but that girl like if you think those characteristics you'll think her yeah and uh there's something really nice about that so that you know when you're watching tv and you're just like flipping through the channels and you see a movie like speed home alabama or legally blonde there's something really nice about being like yeah i'm just gonna sit and watch this mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, like comfort movies almost. Like they're ones you can go back to and you know they're gonna make you feel good. Um Exactly. Is there a film that you've seen a lot in the theater, like more than just one or two times? That was a good question. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure I saw Titanic a couple times back in the day, but I couldn't really think of a movie that I'd seen repeated repeated times in the theater. And that's only because I mean, I don't know the prices are there, but like right now, movie tickets like seventeen to something dollars here, and so and that had been steadily growing up for years. So I never really felt the need to have the experience of seeing a film more than once, if not twice, maybe the the max. But I I never felt any need of being like I have to see that in theaters. I'm always like I can wait until it comes out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't say I I remember seeing many movies in theaters. I'm the same. I've had um, a couple of movies. Like uh, Jurassic Park has my record, which is only four. I saw it four times when I was a kid in the theater. Um, still one of my favorite movies because of that. Um, but I did see Lady Bird three times in the theater this year. And Spider-Man Homecoming, oh, which was a... Oh, I love... Oh, I have to see that still. I, I love it, especially if you're a fan of any of the John Hughes like teen movies from the 80s. Um, yeah. Lots yeah. of inspiration in Homecoming from that. And really? It, yeah. It's, they're even... Direct Surprise. homage in the film. Well, he's not, it's a high school movie. They just have never made it a high school movie, and they finally nailed it. Um, and I, I loved it, but uh, I I didn't mean to see that one three times. The, the third time, my friend was like, "Come on, come with me." I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll come. I'll see it again. It's really good." So I don't mind seeing All it right. again. But um, 
but Lady Bird was like actively. I went and saw three times. Um, although one of those was a critic screening, so not. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, but... I have a copy of it. Oh, so I, I I'm lucky. I guess to just yeah. pop it on. Uh, yeah, time. I will be making my purchase here in the near future when it comes out on. It's actually on VOD right and now, but yeah, um, yeah, but. Uh, the reason that question exists is I have a friend who I've talked about. He's actually been a guest on the show, but um, he saw Interstellar, the Christopher Nolan film, uh, 12 times in the theater. Oh, my God. Yeah, and a lot of those were IMAX tickets, so those were like, you know, 20 to $25 of viewing. Wow. Um, and I've, I've been so... think about how much money yeah, that is? Yeah, I've been so floored by that number that I, I'm basically looking for someone to beat him. <laughs> It doesn't look like it's going to yeah. happen because um, he also saw Blade Runner 2049 10 times in the theater. Damn. So, yeah, when he likes something, he commits and um, he will keep going. He will keep you going. You know, it's funny. I actually I have a copy of Interstellar, too, and I've never seen that. Oh, I, I it's a, different opinions for sure on that <laughs> film. But I am a big Christopher Nolan fan. Um, I find that film mm. fantastic. It's it's oh. definitely one that will make you scratch your head at some point. Um, but if you okay. stick through it, I feel like it's it it pays off really well. And McConaughey is fantastic in that movie for sure. Um, not to oversell yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Definitely no no no. I definitely uh, now I want to see it. I never really had any. I don't really love a lot of um, space movies or alien mm. movies or that kind of genre. So I just kind yeah. of shrugged it off. But, but well, if it's it's good, you know it's good enough to see twelve times. Yeah yeah, and it it's a, it is a film that is. Uh, or a, a genre that's been kind of oversaturated in recent years. I mean, just last year we had Life, exactly. and then Cloverfield Paradox came out a couple weeks ago, which I found joy in, but a lot of people hate. Um, I just found it to be a fun sci-fi movie with Chris O'Dowd being amazing. But, um, oh yeah. Um, what is it about a movie that pulls you in that makes you watch it? Because, like you just said, mm-hmm. you skipped Interstellar because of the space aspect. What makes you come to a movie? Yeah. This is probably one of my like my favorite question. Um, I would say first and foremost the characters, um, just like especially the quality of acting. Like when I look at an actor personally, I think to myself, do I believe this this him or her, or I do or don't I? So if the character is is complex and interesting and the actor is portraying it so, you know, to the point where I even forget that it's acting, even for just a second. <laughs> um, you know, that that in and of itself is really, do I, like, inherently, do I believe him or her, or do I not? Mm-hmm. And so that's the first thing, and then the second thing would be story. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, great movies have great characters. Other times, you know, oh, wow, that story was really good. Um, and then sometimes you just get the best of both, and yeah. you're like, oh, I mean, you've hit the spot. It's funny because when I actually did this interview as well not too long ago, and John's going to be posting it this week, but that my first line of my response to that was story, yeah. and and yeah. it's it's when when I can disappear from the real world into yeah. a, a movie, that's when I that's when I like a movie because if I'm watching a movie and I can get distracted really easy or pulled away from it, that it doesn't appeal to me. But when I'm I disappear and I lose track of the real world, that's when a movie draws me in. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I think there are moments that stick with you, you know, like, ah, come on. Oh, no, there's just that weird delay. That's why we keep. It's the delay. Yeah. I know it's the delay. Oh, it's okay. 
Yeah, we get used to that. But no, um, I was gonna say when when you said story, that was the first thing I thought was, hey, that's what Craig said. And then, <laughs> that's exactly um, what I said. <laughs> um, and I, I like uh, I, I, part of the thing I like with asking the same questions for each interview um, is to see these like patterns that, that arise. And obviously, I love story. Story is a big part. I mean, there are some people who they watch film um, for just for the aesthetic quality. Just they like to see it. And um, story isn't the number one thing. For, but like for me, a movie is made or broken based on if I like the story or not, or if I connect with the story. And so I like hearing other people say similar things. Yeah. Um, all right. So what, is there a movie that like surprised you the most where you kind of went in maybe pessimistically about it and it, it won you over or the other way you went in super optimistic. And- oh, see. Yeah. That's so interesting because when, when I, when question. I first, saw the question I thought of it as um I thought of it differently I thought of it like what movie did I watch and as I was watching it had a twist exactly (laughs) so I thought of all these movies and I'm like oh my god I remember that moment I remember when I first and the the ones that came to mind actually were like Fight Club like I didn't see Fight Club coming oh my god Michelle I'm so lucky that no one no one ruined that for me prior to seeing it because that twist, I was like, oh, my life. That's just the best feeling to be mm-hmm. like, to be surprised at the end of a movie or like the Shawshank Redemption or A Beautiful Mind. I remember mm. getting that twist. Just yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so surprised. And those twists sometimes make a movie. Big time. Where you're just, it's so weird. You know, this is just a it, clue and the prestige, just movies. That's what I thought of. It's so weird. You're, you're almost echoing pretty much everything that I said in mind as well. Yeah. I, I just took the question as well. I I, miss, I took the question kind of as both ways, but I took it more the way you did. That Did I get a movie where I got to the ending and went, wow. And The Matrix was the first one I said. But, yeah, Fight Club came yeah, up between John great. and I and we talked about yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah. And honestly. I need to rewatch The Matrix. Oh, I, I still. It, it's harder I to watch. Like I'm sorry. That stupid delay. Um, with all the gun violence in the movie, even though it's very computer world and everything, um, it is it's a little tough. To, like I was actually planning on showing it to one of my uh, intro level classes, and the school shooting just happened uh, in Florida, Ugh. not too far from where we are. It's a couple hours away, but it, it I'm like, yeah, maybe now is not the time to show the Matrix. So yeah. I had to put it back on the shelf, which made me sad because so many kids have not seen it, and that twist is amazing. Um, yeah, and I did the questions kind of ambiguous on purpose because I like I like to you know I, I put it out there and how you interpret it I think says something too about what types of movies because I am a fan of uh, a, a well-written twist in a movie like I don't need a twist but if yeah. you put one in and I yeah. don't see it coming I'm all about it and Fight Club was one of the first Fight Club and The Matrix both 1999 both blew my mind yeah. as, a, as a 17 year old kid who was just like I didn't know movies could do that like I didn't know <laughs> something like that could happen so Exactly. Well, Michelle, I'm going to take the next question. Um, so sure. what movie is it's often considered really bad by everybody, by Rotten Tomatoes, everybody? Do you mm. still enjoy Guilty Pleasure? Okay. <clears throat> so I thought of this. I thought of like a bunch of movies where I'm like, okay, this one may be considered not the best and yada, yada. But I think what really came to mind, and you have to hear me out, okay? Okay. <laughs> I... I like watching the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Oh. <laughs> and I have to explain why. So, 
The first time I saw one, the first movie, it was when it first came out. My sister was like, we have to see it. And I was like, sure. So we go to see the movie and it was packed, you know, because it was yeah. like the first day it was coming out was Valentine's Day. And half the theater were like diehard fans with like tissues ready. Oh, man. And then there was a row. I know. Right. And there was a row of people behind me and they were yelling throughout the movie at the screen. And they were they were so funny. And it made the movie hysterical and if you look at the movie as a comedy <laughs> it will get you like i tried laughing at the movie. that's awesome and so you know i'll watch it and i remember the first time i watched it, i was like what am i watching but the commentary behind me i mean you would have like you know i don't think it's a big deal if i spoil anything but like nope. so he like at some point hits her in like an snm sort of fashion and she gets upset and she kind of cries and he comes in, he's like, are you all right? And someone behind me just goes, no, she's not all right. You just hit her. <laughs> and, you know, like those type of comments. I just, you know, and so I just saw the third one um, with my, you know, I go with my girlfriends and my sister. And we watched the movie, uh, you know, probably, I think we saw it the night before Valentine's Day this time. And the same thing happened where it's like, it's so bad. Some of it is so bad, but it's mm -hmm. so funny. You know, he... He'll wake up in the middle of the night. He goes to the kitchen. He opens up the refrigerator. And then as he's opening it up, you know, it pans to her. And she's in this, like, sexy shirt or whatever eating ice cream. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I was looking for you. And I, I scream out, was she in the refrigerator? Like, there's just, <laughs> it's just like, you know, she's, he's not looking for her. He, there's no context of showing that he was even looking for her. He opened the refrigerator yeah. door. Is oh, she man. in there? Like, yeah. why? The, just you know that is what i thought of when i thought oh. okay what is considered bad by many that i i highly enjoy those films and like i can't always sit down and watch it and i wouldn't say that they're quality but do i laugh myself silly do i cry from laughter watching these movies yeah well that is the best answer for those movies i've ever heard uh, it, it's like approaching it like watching the room you don't you don't go in with the same mindset that like this is going to be a dramatic experience that I can't wait to watch. It's more like, Oh, I'm going to laugh at the silliness. Yeah. I, I like that approach. Um, I just, I've only seen the third one. I was uh challenged to watch that movie this month. Um, uh, I'm, I'm participating with another film critic. We are, we've challenged each other to watch five movies. Um, one of them had to be bad and he challenged me to 50 shades freed. And <laughs> I, I was not happy about that, but I made him watch, uh, Norm of the North, which is a nine percent Rotten Tomato score animated film with Rob Schneider, <laughs> so I got him back. Um, okay. But did you? I mean, do you think that looking back, is there anything comedic about the movie that you're just like, if I saw it from that perspective, or if I saw it with people who would point out the like mm -hmm. ridiculousness? Of the acting and yeah. the storyline and the lines. I mean, the lines are just hysterical. Like for him to just like turn to her and say something ridiculous, like <laughs> like why are you upset? Yeah. Well, you're, I'm upset because you just hit me. like you hit me a billion times, and now I'm crying. That is why I'm upset. It's I just I definitely, especially the, the scene you just described from the third movie was while you were describing it, I knew what scene you were going to say because that scene was so ridiculous. <laughs> but even I like at the end of the movie, so which. She says something to him, and this isn't a spoiler, but she says, like, you're a good person. I'm like, what has he done what in has three he movies? Done? What? What? Just name one 
just because yeah. he's he's extremely wealthy and he buys you things like what exactly yeah. makes him a good man <laughs> yeah exactly that's so good the lessons that I, I, so that's my fear with those movies though is that the women will misinterpret it to be like oh you can meet somebody who's awful and change them and like i'm like well one he doesn't change and two no that's not a good message because he's awful like he's awful but yeah well you know that movie, I don't know if you're, if you guys are aware, but like it's fan fiction of Twilight. Yeah, I, so and I don't really know how. Just, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not a Twilight fan either, but I, I got that they're both set in Washington. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, I don't like. Is it was it a character in the Twilight movies, or is it just a character from no, the it's universe? Just it's the idea. It's the whole thing. It's this idea that there's this guy, and he's good looking, and he's wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. And he happens to be bad for. And you're like this innocent girl, virgin, like, you know, and you're, you don't know the way of the world. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you get swept up in this romance with the perfect guy that you've been waiting for. But he happens to be really bad. And then he leaves you and you leave him at this point. And then at the end, you get married and you have kids. I mean, yes. it's, you know, it's the same trilogy and it's the same sort of story arc. Ah, oh, OK. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because I, I was like, is he immortal? Is he a vampire? Like, he's not sparkling. No, I, no. <laughs> just the idea of like a young, hot guy who has money, but is not good for you. Got and it. hurts you because, you know, he he knows that he's not good enough for you and that he's bad. And you're like, no. And you're like, no, he's, he's great. I just want to show him how great he is. And yeah. like, that's kind of, I think, what they have. Don't leave me again. I won't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Well, I think it's time, Michelle, that we're going to get into your top five. Before I do that, we always do a spoiler warning so that our listeners uh, know that you are welcome to talk about any aspect of the films that you want. And they should check your list before they listen so that they don't have any movies they don't want spoiled. Spoiled. So go to BurkeReviews.com, look at our episode or look at the show notes and see what Michelle's top five is. So that way you don't have any movies spoiled that you don't want spoiled. So smart. All right, so we're going to go from number five to number one, and this is Michelle's all-time top five movies. I am ready. Okay. Number five, right? Yes, Starting with number five? That's right. Girl Interrupted. I thought when you said earlier about the uh, the character <laughs> that you liked, I, I was wondering if this was going to be on your list. Yep. Yep. That's classic. I actually read the book, too, which, which is very different, but the movie is just so powerful. Um, and it explores, you know, it's the female equivalent of like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is also mm. a great movie. Yes. But there's something really amazing about seeing these women come together and are just like, you know, some of them are so vulnerable. Some of them are like kind of just like you, you know, you relate to them on a, a yeah, I sometimes get upset, but am I OK? Like, am I healthy at the end of the day or do I have a serious issue? Um, and then, you know, you see people who are sociopathic and you're like, oh, and so as a person you're you're scared but as like an actor i'm like oh that sounds so amazing like mm-hmm. what a great acting opportunity um and i think growing up when i first saw it i was told that like angeline jolie when she came out when she went in for the role they'd been looking for this role for a while and then she came in as the character which a lot of times they tell you not to do um oh. just because you know, especially if it's a sociopath you come in and scare the casting director like they're like i <laughs> you might be a really good actor but i don't know if 
I want you to be on set, you know, like this is scary. Um, but it's a risk. So, so, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to really be it. And, uh, she apparently came in, she was the character scare the shit out of people. And, um, you know, yeah. And she won the Oscar for it, but the whole movie itself just, I really just always loved. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a big turning point for her career too. It really kind of put her in a much better limelight for, doing better movies after that i think she'd done a couple decent ones before that but after that it was just skyrocket for her career yeah she became an a-list actor i think that's what really did it yeah and i mean the cast in this movie is so ridiculously great oh insane with britney murphy and winona i mean just is such a great group of women which i think also is something that like doesn't happen often and whether in, in any genre if you get a group of women together as the leads um and have that be like the ensemble cast and most of the time they do really well it just doesn't happen often and that movie specifically i'm you know growing up if you see a group of women just being badasses and and you know having strong performances and not having to apologize for, you know, what comes out and just really connected to it. Like, Oh, there's a group of women who can play interesting characters in one movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, um, I didn't realize James Mangold directed this and he just had Logan last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which also is a great movie. Yeah, it really I was. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about like, you know, it's, I mean, it's not different. It's definitely different, obviously, because of the comic book aspect. But there is some yeah. tonal elements that I think uh, translate. You know, the showing. Like, I agree. The pain the characters are in, and like the stress levels of of yeah. the intensity. But um, yeah. Uh, no, Logan had a lot of heart. Like the movie itself had a lot of heart. It was a, a pretty dramatic piece. Yeah. Especially the the Professor X and Logan relationship, just oh, so God. intense. Well, that's number five. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really solid pick to start us off. What are, what are we going into for number four? So number four, actually, I, I you know is in the same vein of things. So it's going to change after this. But this number four is Silver Linings Playbook. Ah. Yeah. So similar vein in the sense of exploring, you know, mental illness for one thing, um, dramatic, but also has comedic elements to it. Um, and I, I really connected with Jennifer Lawrence's scenes. Like for me, it was a mm-hmm. no brainer for her to win the Oscar that year specifically because, you know, just coming out, well, I thought Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro and everyone was really great. As, they, were, they were really great as well, but Jennifer Lawrence, not even being the major lead of the movie mm-hmm. and still just having so much heart to her scenes where it felt like it wasn't a characterization of something it was, you know, and it, and it was a little odd at, at first. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but oh, she yeah. plays someone older, which on one hand she has versatility, but on the other hand oh. you're like, how much older can you be to be a widow? Like, yeah, how old is she? Um, so there was a little bit of that, but once that was sort of suspended, I just felt like her characters and her scenes were so good. Yeah. And, um, you know, the moments were, yeah. Her work with David O. Russell has been pretty solid. Um, yeah. I, I didn't love American Hustle, but I actually like Joy a lot, and um, I feel like that one kind of mm. got slept on compared to the other yeah, two. Yeah, it did. It did. But uh, I'm, I'm both great. great. Yeah, all three were great. I'm, I'm a big Three Kings fan, so he's definitely got my vote too. So ah, I still have Apparently not seen Three Kings. 
intense on set though so i wonder how mm. what the rumors are yeah. the rumors are true with those things so yeah. i always believe all the stuff with like half a heart about it but you know well some of the there's, there's, some, crazy rumors. there's some videos of his uh tantrums on iheart huckabees um that are pretty pretty ah. brutal um but I mean, you know, some directors apparently that's their method, right? And I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, Hitchcock was notoriously bad to his actors, so yeah, you know, some directors right. have that approach, I guess, if that's the way they choose to handle people. Um, I don't necessarily approve of it, mind you, but it is obviously. Yeah, no, I know you mean I, it's it's on an individual basis. Like I, I've mm-hmm. heard Jennifer, I've heard Jennifer Lawrence in interviews. And she's, you know, crazy about him. And you can tell it's not just because she wins Oscars or gets nominated from his work. But, you know, you can tell, like, she, she'll say something like he has a particular style, but it works really well for me. And so, you know, you never know. In 10 years, she might come out and be like, oh, that, you know, was really difficult. And I didn't realize that I shouldn't have, you know, taken all that. But for any, for whatever reason, you know, it works for her. And she mm-hmm. says she likes being talked to the way he talks to her. And, you know, mm-hmm. he... She, she had her, I think there was like a the particular diner scene I think about where she like flips the cereal and she goes, you know, she just has this emotional, strong moment. Apparently they did it a few times and he really like pressured her like, no, that wasn't right. Get it right. And, you know, was yeah. in her ear a lot. And, uh, you know, that she said that that works for me and I got more out of those scenes and, and working with him than I do with other people in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, everyone has their own style and as long as it's a yeah. safe set, more or less, yeah, I guess it, you know, I guess it's okay. I mean, I guess it, it definitely comes down to what type of person do you want to work with? And if you're okay with that aggression, especially, I mean, there is something to it. Like, cause he knows what he wants and he's not afraid right. to, uh, keep going. Um, cause I, I, I've directed a few like shorts with my students, nothing, you know, not bragging or anything, but yeah. I am a one take kind of director. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Let's go. Yeah. You know, next, next shot, um, which has resulted in some very bad short films, but, um, that's just my nature. Cause I am so <laughs> passive, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Um, never happens. But, uh, so I, I kind of appreciate the <laughs> other side of the spectrum. Someone being like, no, I want it this way and we're going to do it again until we get it this way. So I, I, I get it. It's not my style, but also I am a teacher, not a director. So that says something. But right. <laughs> um, And it, it shows a lot of vision to have this idea. I mean, a director really is all about vision mm-hmm. and putting something whole together. And, and it, it says a lot about someone who has a lot of vision and is visionary for them to be like, I know what I want. Or I know more than that. I know what I can get from you. Yeah. It's this idea oh, yeah. of like, as an actor, I know who you're potential i know that there's something else that can come from you and really good acting teachers that i've met um just like anybody but like really good acting teachers some of them are a bit more aggressive and i you know and going around trying to find the right fit there's been some that have not worked for me and others that i'm like oh this is what i need i need someone to go no i i know i can push you more and that's okay um and that doesn't that doesn't you know it's not the best for everyone and and sometimes it's the right fit and all of a sudden you're just like oh this is this is a good fit together so yeah yeah i, I agree completely um so with that uh, let's transition to your number three number three is the shawshank redemption uh-uh. yeah oh god and that was also one of my like what surprised you the most so mm-hmm. there was something about that movie where at the end the way they tied everything up in a way where I, I didn't see it coming when I first saw it and 
just this, you know, incredulous, like, wow, I cannot believe that, you know, especially I think the best part was that they showed all this backstory. You fell in love with the characters. You felt so bad for so many, you know, so many moments and you feel for them. And then you get like brought up and down. And at the very end with that, oh, I hate the spoiler thing, but you guys have seen it, right? So I'm not assuming you have. Just checking. Or that moment where he escapes and then they explain how he did it as opposed to showing him prepare for it. Just brilliant. It it was just the the emotional impact of feeling so sorry for this person and being like, oh my God, this person's so smart. Like this many years of of putting this together. I just, I fell in love with that movie and I, it's definitely one of my favorites ever since. Yeah. That was one that I had not seen until I think two years ago. Um, my, when I was in high school, my stepdad loved that movie. And so being a teenager, I was just like, whatever, it's got to suck, you know? So (laughs) for a really long time, I just kind of was like, Whatever. They don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. I know way better movies. You know, Wayne's World, way better film than Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it took it took a years to come around. Um, but two years ago, uh, I, how I started Burke Reviews was um, I challenged myself to watch a movie a day for all of 2016 and write a review for every single oh, one. Did um, you do that? Yeah, yeah, I actually hit 384. I'm um, so impressed. Thank you. Um, so I set out to do that partly to expand my movie-going horizons. I wanted to watch movies that I'd been putting off, and Shawshank had been on that, that list for a really long time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, like, a little at the end of it, I was like, why did I make myself wait so long to experience this movie? And so uh, it is a, it's a common favorite film for people that I know. And, I, again, I don't know. I was just, be like, being a contrarian, I think, almost. Just like, no, no. I don't need to watch that movie. Um, and yeah, I'm glad I finally didn't. So, but there, then there's something so beautiful about that too. I mean, I like to look at the positive things of that kind of stuff, but like, think about this. There's something you're going to take away from watching the movie a at a later stage in your life. Right. Yeah, so like, you'll understand it more. You'll have a better clarity. And also having the buildup of it being like, I don't want to see that movie. The movie's probably not as good as my stepdad says, whatever, whatever. And then having that, Oh my God, it was so much better better than I thought I think that just makes it such a great experience so you know like we were talking about the matrix before I definitely need to see the movie again because when it first came out I was I don't know if I saw it right away because it came out in 1989 right yep so I definitely didn't see it right away because I was 10. But, uh, you know, maybe a few years later when I first saw it, I was I remember being like, oh, this is amazing. But I definitely think that if I saw it again now, I would appreciate it differently. Yeah, you totally. know, because mm-hmm. you'll I just I would think I would understand it better. You know, I'd relate to it in a different way. You know, when you see it the first time, I think I was I was actually really confused when I first saw it. I, I oh, was yeah. like, wait, what? What actually happened? What is the Matrix again? why does he get all those powers? Like, how does that work? Um, and then what does that mean? How can I relate to it? And then now I know more. So I'm sure I would definitely connect with it on a d- deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I, I don't know that I would have been emotionally prepared for Shawshank Redemption when I was 17. So probably better that I waited till I was a little older. I actually, I don't know exactly what age I was when it came out. It came out in 94. So I was, I was 12 when it came out. Definitely wasn't ready for it when it yeah. came. But even by the time my stepdad's you know raving about it being his favorite movie was probably when I was in high school. So I was probably 15, 16, whatever. I, I think I would have a little bit too. I, I avoided most dramas like when I was in that 
age because I was just like, real life's hard enough. I just want to watch action movies and comedies. And that was, you know. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Um, Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I found that movie far too young. I was like, I think, nine <laughs> when I saw Hudson Hawk the first time. So just, and Bruce Willis, I still will hold up. Best 80s action star, in my opinion. So anything. Uh, 90s, in, 2000s. I mean, he starts to drop off after Unbreakable, I would say. After (laughs) Unbreakable. Um, Love Unbreakable, though. Uh, But uh, Shawshank, definitely. Um, Craig, are you you a fan of this film, too, it sounds like? I am. You know, I I am honestly a big fan of those make-you-feel-good-for-the-guy-in-prison movies. Hmm. Um, like Cool Hand Luke, um, Shawshank Redemption. There was a Clint Eastwood one I can't think of right now, but... um, but those type of movies where they kind of make you feel good for the bad guy or make you feel like, you know, he's there for a reason, but oh, he's such a nice guy. Why is he really there? So I, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for those type of movies. So, yeah, it's definitely high on my list. That makes sense. You know what I also just realized when you said that was there's there's something about certain movies where, you know, because I don't think of specifically Shawshank Redemption as one that's like you've feel sorry for the bad guys actually you do because everyone else is there for a reason you yeah. like you know morgan freeman's character but tim robbins character you know you right away like the the heartbreaking thing is how long he's in jail for something he never did and however how close he is to maybe being redeemed and not having that happen and so all these characters you just you feel so sorry for regardless of your right well why they're in prison but i remember with you know specifically with that kind of journey i think i've always had um an emotional response to having a character um, go through something like that that causes a lot of anxiety for me. Um, where uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, the whole movie, you're just like, oh, I feel so bad for this guy. Oh, and then this happens. Oh my God, it was so close. And then that happens. And you're like, this is the terrible world. And then no, you get that emotional release. of, you know, And that, you that's kind of the way I felt about out, American History you know? X, too. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's another favorite of mine. It's not. Oh. It's not on the top five, but I was definitely considering oh, it. Yeah. That that one's on oh, my gap movie, list. So. Um, what? Oh, Hold on. So Whoa! <laughs> stop. We have to stop this interview right now. <laughs> you have not seen American History X, really? I, I I've seen a few of the scenes. Oh, um, dude. It, seriously, I know. The, the way Michelle was just explaining it about it, you just you feel on edge almost the entire movie, but it's it's a. It's not an uneasy edge. It's a, why is this happening? Why is this happening to this guy? Why is this, why is he doing this? Why why is he put here? Why is he doing this? And it's that anticipation of, can he, can he get out of it? Can he just do something to get to be better? And you really got to watch that movie, John. That has to be on your list, like in the next two weeks. Seriously. Okay. Yeah, seriously. I agree. I agree. I agree. And I actually, I only saw it. It was on my gap list until about like four years ago or Ah. something. And I was easily, like, you know, because I love Edward Norton. I yes. love yeah. him. As an actor. I'm just going to say, easily Norton's probably best part. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That wins. Um, I will make it a priority and have my review up soon. Um, there you go. No pressure. Ah, no pressure at all. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, do, I, I apparently just, in, I elicit challenges now, so it's okay. <laughs> like, people hey, keep challenging came, me to things. So You came through with Rashomon. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, that was great, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, let's go to number two. Oh, Rush, uh, Akira Kurosawa. So number two is, yeah, actually, actually, yeah. Um, Number two, um, so this goes back to kind of what I said before, is Legally Blonde. Ah, got it. Um, And although 
not on the same level in many ways as the other movies I just named. Um, I saw Legally Blonde in junior high. And I remember, you know, for me personally, I loved the movie, thought it was amazing, but also was incredibly inspired by the film, um, which sounds crazy. Because just it's a funny movie, very comedic, you know, you just have a good time. But there's something about feeling as a girl where that people don't take you as seriously as you you know you should be taken. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of girls can relate to that just feeling like, you know, growing up, you, you know, I, I definitely have this feeling like as a kid feeling like I'm equal to men. I'm boys and girls are the same. And there's something that changes. And I don't, I don't know when it happens, but there's something that changes where you're like, oh, it's, sub, it's a little subtle, but like, oh, you know, boys are taken a little bit more seriously. Oh, you know, a lot of it's the movies too, or like, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment you're watching or just society where you're just like, women are not, are not given the same, you know, sort of uh the same they're not on the same level anymore there's something mm-hmm. different you, you know i don't know how it changes but then there's something about legally blonde where i really related to it specifically because um in new york there's this really um difficult school to get into you have to take a test to get in mm. and um i remember you know we were we're, you know, there's a lot of pressure in my junior high to go to the school or to get the, te- you know, the, the test score to get into the school. And we had one chance to take it. Oh, wow. And, and there's just, you know, a lot of pressure on little eighth graders. And, you know, I was studying for it for a while and, you know, I took all these classes. And I remember someone telling me I could not get into the school. Oh, like, I, it was just too hard that maybe I could get into the next school, not that top school. And I remember just feeling like, why? Like, why would someone tell me that? That's so mean. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, I can, I can do that. And there was something about Legally Blonde that like reinvoked this, like I can do whatever I want to do. And there's, you know, this power of like her going to Harvard University, the way she is, the way people thought of her. No one took her seriously, and then she got into Harvard. And I was like, I can go to Harvard if I want, and I can get into this high school if I want. And I did. So I always associate Legally wow. Blonde with that feeling of getting to my high school and uh, getting that score and proving people wrong. Long. And I still think of that sometimes when, you know, being an actress is so difficult and finding, you know, the success in that is very much one in a million in many respects in my head. I'm like, but I got into that high school. And like, then I think of Lily Lon. So I will watch Lily Lon. I know every like every line. I still quote it sometimes <laughs> where if someone goes like, oh, it's pink. And I'll be like, and it's it. I think it gives a little something extra too. So like I just there's something really just nostalgic <laughs> about it. Really funny. There, you know, you guys are laughing. It's exactly that. Yeah. No, it's a I, real good movie. I, I love one of the, my favorite things about doing this podcast is I love talking about people's passions and what makes people, you know, elicit this type of joy over film. Like, I mean, and it doesn't matter what film, whether you know, I haven't seen this film, so I have no judgments for it. But um, I have films like this. You know, I have my my Wayne's World, which I will hold up. I still think Wayne's World holds up ex- excellently for comedy, and I, I quote it all the time. And there are um, I would say, in general, people say things, and I will respond with some type of movie um, response. You know, something will pop; it'll trigger a, a thought in my head of like, "Oh, that's from that one movie," or "That's that line from that," or whatever. And um, right, I mean, if if anyone out there listening has never heard, seen Legally Blonde, I think your um, testimony will make them want to watch it. It made me want to watch it. And I I actually bought this film for oh, my classes um, two years ago because Blake Snyder, who wrote the Save the Cat book, which is kind of a, a, a good entry point for screenwriting. So I have a class set for my students. 
Um, that's one of the movies he like praises in in his book um, for wow. na- nailing one of his archetypes. And um, I bought it, and I just haven't. Uh, I have a. I'm a movie collector too, so I have a lot of movies that I haven't watched yet. That's one of them that will be. Uh, it'll be well, making its way into my rotation soon. Yeah, it's just a it's just a feel good movie, man. You know, she just she just takes on that character at a hundred percent. And there's just something really, really nice about watching that where you're just like, I believe it's you and then you like watch other movies with like Elle Woods or with uh with Reese Witherspoon, you're just like, But you I mean, everything she does is amazing. She's a fantastic mm-hmm. actress. But there's something about like Legally Blonde that was just like almost like a glove. It just fits so well for mm. her. Um, yeah. It's like well, enjoy, enjoy that experience. The first time, yeah, it's like Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark. You know, some roles are just made for the. Actors. Oh yeah, exactly. That was a good fit too. Mm. Well, we're at. Well, it just leaves us with number one. Number one. Oh my goodness! Okay, this is difficult. You know, people. I will say this before I go. A little preface. People have asked me all the time, "What are your favorite movies?" And I normally can never come up with my answers because. For me, I feel like they change a lot. Oh, yeah. I feel like like maybe these movies will always, you know, have a different place in my head or just there are other movies that will creep up. So it kind of always depends on the time and place. But the movie that I've seen a lot that I can always just have, like, the good feelings about is Goodwill Hunting. Ah. So that would be great movie. Oh, oh, so good. So good. How, how did that come out of, like, two young Men. Right? Yeah, insane. <laughs> just so good. Yeah. I just felt like, I mean, for me, there's just so many juicy moments. There's a little bit of like the, there's a little bit of all the movies that I just mentioned in, in that one film. You know, you have a lot of mm. repression and, and maybe, you know, depression as well. And, and then you have a lot of the like, no one thinks he can do. Yeah of like him being a janitor at MIT being like I can do this problem you know and so you have a little bit of that and then you have like the juiciest moments with him in therapy with Robin Williams and Robin Williams being like I can connect to you like give it a second but I'll I'll get through Um, I could have been I I actually didn't care for the like didn't need the story part I guess it definitely helped in certain ways but that's not what I remember when I think of the movie I just Mm -hmm. felt like it was brilliant yeah, yeah, I I do see a lot of tie yeah. of that between the your number two movie and that one where it's that you, you're always you know beaten down, beaten down, beaten down, and you have to keep getting back up and keep getting back up, and the more you hold them yep. down, the the more they get up, and I do see a really good connection between those two, and I just I, Matt Damon's part in that movie is phenomenal and robin williams does play off phenomenal. of him quite well, but I think he steals the show completely throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it was just one of those things where I can imagine Robin Williams being who he is, getting that mm-hmm. script and going like, yes, like, what can I give to this script? Because this script is going places. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, he does a phenomenal job. I mean, re- I mean, he won the Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. But Matt Damon's role, man, I just that was so brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm going to think to myself, like, first of all, how did these two young actors make it? And then why didn't Ben Affleck write it even like bigger you know, yeah. you know bigger plot line for him i felt yeah. like you know he really took a side seat in the film compared to you know matt damon's character but um yeah i yeah i, I wonder what the original script looked like i oh. wonder if ben affleck's char- character did have more of a 
a part two to it. And they're like, you know, this really is that show. I mean, it, there's so many crazy things. I, I am, as we were mentioning, like those movies that uh, I, I'm a fan of Kevin Smith, um, who isn't always respected in the film community because mm. um, his movies, you know, a lot of, but, you know, dick and fart jokes and things like that. Um, but he, you know, he kind of broke Affleck into the industry with Mallrats. And then Matt Damon in, um, was in mm-hmm. um, Chasing Amy for like a super small scene. And Affleck is the lead in that. And then they're both in Dogma. So like they came up kind of through Kevin Smith. Um, this is where they really became right. famous. But they both kind of broke into the, the industry through Kevin Smith's movie. So um, and Kevin Smith apparently lives in Ben Affleck's old house now. Like he bought it. He doesn't just like live in his old house. But that's uh, so funny. Yeah, like, you know, and now Affleck's Batman. So like who who'd have thought, you know? Um, for sure but I, I saw this when I was in high school which this was a type of movie that I w- normally would have avoided and I don't remember what prompted me to, to watch it but I did and I think it was because of Kevin Smith actually I'm like oh that's the guy from the from mm-hmm. the movies that I love so why not um, but I was so uh, taken by this film even back then um, it's one one of my students just watched it uh, like a week ago and she came in just like oh my god that movie's so great I'm like Yes, I'm teaching you well. So good job, you know. Uh, but um, that's a great moment. Yeah, it, I get a lot of those. I, I have some of my students really. Um, they can be with me four years, like all throughout all of their high school. So by the end of their senior year, like the ones who really stick with the program, you I see a dramatic change. I actually today one of my seniors was uh, teaching my freshman how to edit, and I just kind of like stood back and watched and was very like, I've done a pretty good job with this one. I am impressed. Um, yeah. So, uh, Kyle, the little side amazing. trivia. Do you know what his next movie was after Goodwill Hunting? Uh, Affleck or or um, Damon? Matt Damon. Um, no, no peeking. I, I, Saving Private Ryan. Ah, wow. No way. Yeah, that was his follow up to Goodwill Hunting. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, the dude. Good for him. I don't know. He's had a. I, I mean, I guess you could say a solid career. Sarcasm heavily oh, yeah. implied. Uh, like, I think so. Yeah, that dude. Um, I mean, even this year was both subpar, though, because Suburbicon and Downsizing were disappointing to me. Um, especially Suburbicon, because the, the Coens were at, not attached to it, but they wrote the original part of the script. It's a disaster. Um, very sad that that movie wasn't better. But he was good in both, just the movies around him. Not so much, but that is Michelle's. Top it's interesting five. for it's interesting. Oh, Sorry, I was going to just say it's interesting for men in the industry because, um, you know, like certain actors will fit really. Like you think of um, someone in or um, Robert Downey Jr. and the versatility the versatility they can yeah. play, where they can go from an action star like Jason Bourne or. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, or et cetera, but then they're also both really great dramatic actors. Yeah, you know, and Robert Downey Jr. is one of the best dramatic actors, I think. You know, oh, uh, so, man. So, I was gonna like um, it's more of a comedy, yeah, but it's amazing home- that they can have that career where they go from yeah. that. Yeah, the opportunity to do that because I mean, when like Sandler and Jim Carrey tried to do their more dramatic roles, they got a lot of negative feedback from their fans. I think going from comedy to serious is harder than going from serious to comedy to action. Um, because you have that yeah. respect level built in 
and when you go to the other things, people are like, oh, okay, you can do those things. But like when you're you come up talking with your butt like Jim Carrey did, no one wants to take you seriously. <laughs> um, you know, and who can blame sure. them? I mean, really, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> and now he sounds completely insane. So who knows? But um, that's Michelle. Hey, I do like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, oh my God. what a great movie! Yeah. Fantastic movie. Love that film. Um, so. Uh, yeah, um, well, I think he was stellar in Truman Show too. I mean, Truman Show is a, a yeah, fantastic movie good. as well. I think often forgotten, yeah. underrated film. I love the Truman Show and its connection with the Matrix. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool thing to pair them together because there's a lot of sim- similar thematic elements about reality yep. and what's you know what it is to be in the real world. And um, yeah, just definitely love that film. Um, so, Michelle, thank you uh, so much. But before we uh, let you go, I have two questions for you. Um, one, do you have yeah. any honorable mentions, anything that almost made the top five that you at least want to name drop to make yourself feel a little better about leaving it off the list? That's a good, good question. We named a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. Like I threw an American, we, you threw an American History X. Um, remember the Titans, Mystic River. Oh. Pretty women, pretty woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the classic that I like have seen a million times. Um, you kind of mentioned the John Hughes films, all the John Hughes. Oh know, yeah, just amazing. So those I think would be the ones that I would add. I, Julia Roberts. Yeah, is, there's so many great. Oh yeah, but uh, her charm. I don't know if you got to see Wonder from last year, um, but I have. I have it and I really want to. I, I recommend it. I went in kind of like apprehensive, like thinking it was going to be overly sappy. And it it will make you cry. That is definitely a tissue-ready movie. Um, I, I, I'm a parent of my daughter's 13. She's actually going to be coming uh, to my school next year. So that's kind of a whole crazy thing I'm going Aww. through. But um, uh, like since I've been a parent and everything, like that movie just hit like every emotional string for me. Um, but Julia Roberts, I had kind of forgotten how charming she was because I hadn't seen her in anything for a couple of years, really. Um, and I, I just watched Larry Crown for our other podcast uh, last week, with which is her and Tom Hanks. And man, she's just she's so unbelievably yeah. charming. And then putting her with Tom Hanks. Come on. I mean, Tom Hanks might be the most yeah. charming actor in the world. So the two together is just like over overload on the charm. Yes. But uh, Michelle, so true. I have to see it. Where can uh, people follow you on on the internets? On the internet, all of them. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Michelle Simone M, um, as well as Instagram at Michelle Simone Miller, and then um, my website michellesimonemiller.com. Well, Michelle, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, it has been great talking to you, um, Craig. Thank you for uh, being my co-host this evening. It was a pleasure. Thank you for your time, Michelle. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. I This was so much fun. It's great to sit down and talk movies. I definitely have a couple more on my list that I need to see. Mm. Um, so thank you. No problem. Well, folks, that's the episode. We'll be back with another episode of Top 5 Movies next week. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.